everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 110. Woo-woo. Child, what a week, huh? What a week. For those who may not know, I am a resident of Houston, Texas. Therefore, I did not experience power last week um, for a good part of the week last week due to the power outage because of the snowstorm huh snowstorm yeah so there was a, a unexpected unprecedented snowstorm here in texas that affected many parts of the state so including houston austin um dallas and many other areas as well so that was um definitely an interesting week a lot of us were without power, as I said, and water. Some of us were with water. Some of us were not. Um, what else? So Wi-Fi's down. If you didn't have a gas stove, you weren't able to heat up your food because you had electric. And it was definitely just a trying time. And it was just first, first it was laughable. And I'm going to say that because... I know it's kind of, you shouldn't be laughing. Many people, well, some people died and many people suffered. I get it, right? But it was laughable because coming from the Northeast, okay, coming from Boston, Massachusetts, when I tell you this was titled a snowstorm, but there were flurries on the ground, there was some snow, but I want to say two inches, maybe three inches max. And yet everything was out of whack. And that's primarily because the infrastructure here in Texas is not set up to to um, handle and combat this type of weather. So although this is a joke in someone who's from the Northeast, someone who's experienced much greater snow, this is not necessarily a joke for those of us who experienced this here in Houston, here in Texas, really, um, because of the, the lack of preparation. And I just think, you know, we've been, from what I'm seeing on social media and from what I've engaged with as well, there's a lot of pointing fingers, right? I'm gonna blame this guy, I'm gonna blame the government, I'm gonna blame Ted Cruz. I mean, <laughs> can we start with Ted Cruz? Child, Ted Cruz said, look, I'm gonna go on vacation whether or not y'all want me to, whether or not it's socially acceptable. I'm packing my kids, not my dog, not my poodle, but I'm gonna pack myself, my kids, and my wife and get on this plane with other people knowing that I may be spotted. I think he thought the mask was enough for him to not be recognized, but it just goes to the, just the stupidity of many politicians and just the era in his ways has a human, you know, we sent, we tend to look at politicians and those in office as heroes, as saviors. They're going to come save us. Wow, look at AOC. She came to Texas and provided some relief, right? She's giving off, um, she's giving out baskets of food and water and all of that is commendable. And at the end of the day, niggas gonna nig. I mean, that's, that's what I got from it. Like, at the end of the day, you really do have to fend for yourself. <laughs> you know, there was a, what's his name? This Texas mayor who decided to post. the, the it's, 
let's talk about that because when we're on social media, there's a whole step, there's a process prior to actually posting that tweet, to actually posting that um, picture. There's a process to it, right? It, it becomes with a thought. It begins with a thought, it begins with an idea, and then you put the idea together. So whether you're shooting a photo, a photo shoot, you are um, you are preparing to post this online. And in the preparation of posting it, you are, you should have some type of sense to realize, hmm, this doesn't need to go online. Huh? This maybe doesn't need to be uh, viewed by many Americans, many Texans. This probably should stay within my household. And I'm just going to pull up the tweet, or was it a Facebook post? Um, but yeah, I pulled it out here. I'm going to read a few lines because it's long and it's lengthy. And that's another thing here. When you're posting, a, a status on Facebook, a tweet on Twitter, um, an Instagram caption, and it's a long paragraph, that still is enough time to realize maybe I shouldn't post it, okay? Let's talk about, okay, so I was posting, well, I was preparing to post my birthday. Oh, did I tell you my birthday passed? Okay, uh, what was it? It was on Friday, Friday, February 5th. So happy belated to me. Um, I talked about it before I recorded um, previous to my birthday. So um, I never got a chance to recognize it again. So yes, I'm 30. What's up? New decade, who this? Um, okay, but let's get back to this. So he posted this and said, let me hurt. Oh, no, no, there was a reason why I brought up my birthday. Okay, so I brought up my birthday because on my birthday, I was taking pictures, had a whole ring light, had a whole setup, and I was preparing to post it on Instagram. And I'm going through several different photos. I decided on a photo and I posted it, had my caption, and then once once I looked at the photo of it posted on Instagram, I was like, oh, I don't like it. Oh my gosh, I don't like it. And I immediately took it down. And I didn't like it because I had my hand um, positioned up while my other, I had my arm positioned up, like halfway up, and my I had my other arm half all the way down. And I just kind of looked, I look retarded. Like, what the fuck? Are you missing a limb? What's going on? So I decided to take it down because it just didn't look flattering. I don't know why I thought it was okay, but as soon as I saw it, I immediately put, um, removed it, okay? Um, it did got to some people because I got a couple of likes, but I removed it and then tried another photo that I was pleased with, and that's already up on my Instagram, at Moore. So the, the point of me saying that is to say there's a process to posting anything online. You are thinking, like ideally you are thinking before you post something. Ideally you are putting things together and then you post it. And then maybe you didn't like that photo. Maybe you didn't spell that word correctly, but you posted it and you could still take this time to remove it from the feed. And the fact that he 
you know, when you when you're posting a whole paragraph as a status, it's just you had enough time to realize maybe I should have just kept this in my house. Okay. So anyway, this his name is Tim Boyd. And to start us off, he says, let me hurt some feelings while I have a while I have a minute. Okay, so you know you already up to no good like nigga come on let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute no one owes you uh no one owes you are your oh okay so grammatical error so he's clearly in his feelings he's clearly upset he's not in the right state of mind and he should have chose a different route but instead he decided to type this out and post it no one owes you or your family anything, nor, but he had enough sense to use nor, huh? Okay. Nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. Let's just stop right there because it's already enough and it goes on and on and on. And my issue is, you know, with everyone who I've talked to about, talked to about this, you know, we are not just, we're not beggars, right? We're not just, you know, daddy, please give me one. No, we're, we, we pay our bills, right? We pay it on time, right? We are contributing to this society. We pay our taxes. We are paying for a service. And when that service is not provided, we do have every right to question what the fuck is going on. So when we're like this moment is just gaslighting, you know, this is an example of gaslighting, making me feel like or think and making everyone else who has been affected by this Texas snowstorm feel like we are to blame for our suffering when instead it is the government. It is um, the people in power who have, who should have had the wherewithal to, hmm, maybe we should just prepare as best as we can for this snowstorm just in case a power outage happens. So it was a, definitely a scary time. And scary has in, whoa, there's really no light right now. Whoa, it's cold as fuck right now. And um, being disconnected from people online, like whether it's strangers or, you know, my online friends who I made online, but I don't know them in real life. Or just real people who I know, who I see online more than I see in person. It was just definitely a time when I had to be forced out of that bubble. And just being in this physical presence of my reality was just disturbing in a way. So, um... Thankfully, my friend took me in. She invited me to stay at her home since she had power and even her power was on and off. It was definitely just a time to remember um, Mandy Moore. So I just, you know, I think about overall when we think about politicians, when we think about, think about those in power, we need to also, shit, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't want to say I agree with what Tim Boyd is saying because no, we should be able to have a right to say, hey, this is not okay. Hey, we're, we're, we're pissed off. We pay for the service. You guys should have everything in, in, you know, in control. But I also 
don't, I don't want us to now um, depend solely on people to help us, unfortunately, or people in power, people in position to help us. And there should be more of a, just a preparation plan agenda set up in case this time does happen again. This is a lesson learned for everybody to just stock up as best as you can, have emergency lights on you and just child, I don't fucking know, but it was just a, a weekend to, to, to the books. Okay. Being that it was this uh, long holiday weekend, President's Day was on Monday, and this whole snowstorm happened Sunday night. So coming into Monday, I already had the day off, but <laughs> I had everything off. Like, power was off. Wi-Fi was off. <laughs> Gas, electric, everything is off. But uh, I had the day off, so I didn't have a work day technically. And my job was already preparing and already told us to not come on campus on Tuesday. So I was excited to just, you know, not be at work and have a little break just to have the whole week or five or four days out of the week without power. Like, damn, I know I wanted a week off, but not like this. So um, Valentine's Day happened as well <laughs> during this long weekend. And, you know, I here's the thing with me. As much as I'm not really a mushy-gushy, romantic um, type of girl, just because I don't really, I don't have room to be. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have a nigga in my life, a bae in my life, who's mine, y'all can add that to it, um, who I can be with, who I can be mushy-gushy with. Instead, I do have to put on this persona, just put on this mask of, I don't give a fuck about Valentine's Day. And it's not even like I'm um, saying it in a bitter way. You know the, how there are some women who say, or some just some people in general who, who'll say, um, well, you shouldn't have to wait until Valentine's Day to show love and blah, blah, blah. No, I, even though I am single and um, I still do recognize that I would like <laughs> some type of recognition, some type of love on the day of Valentine's Day. As well, of course, every other day or every day in general should be an example of display of our love, affection, devotion, commitment, etc. to my said partner. But um, being single on Valentine's Day, I mean, this is nothing new. <laughs> Let's, do Let's start there. Nothing new. Um... I did get a Valentine's Day text from Freckle Space, so that was sweet. But um, you know, when you're, you know, when you're single, like I'm still like single, like it's single as fuck. Like you look up single as fuck, it's it's me, you know. Okay, cool, I could like somebody. Okay, cool, he could like me back, but uh it's still single max. <laughs> and when I get texts about Valentine's Day, I just don't give a fuck. Like, I, I'm never the type to say happy Valentine's Day to just people. Like, if, are you my man? You know, like, are you, are we dating? Are, you know, I don't want to say Valentine's Day to my dad, to my mom. Like, I don't, I don't want y'all to recognize me anymore. And then send out these texts. I remember, um, this guy, like, from high school, he will take every holiday opportunity to text me. Happy Easter. Happy Inauguration Day. Happy President's Day. It's like, nigga, 
fuck i don't like wh why are we doing this what is this to you and um with valentine's day i see it has an opportunity to only text the ones you want to to be with. Only text the ones who you like. So I really appreciated Freckles Bay texting me, but it just sucks because when I think about, you know, what he got going on, it's just, there's this, you know, everything came on, let me just say this, everything that I saw online, um, so Valentine's Day was on Sunday, so that was before any power outage um, happened. So everything I saw online was just so ironic because of what he got going on and our little dynamic. <laughs> I saw a meme of, uh, what does it say? <laughs> Yo, I was crying, but it just slapped me right in the face. It said, um, you don't, like, don't get mad at him now. You know, you knew he wasn't your nigga. <laughs> and that was the, <laughs> and I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> like, you know, cool. The least he did was send me a text gray. You know, send me roses, nigga. Send me fucking, <laughs> send me a box of chocolate. Or, but I don't have a position um, where I can say that. You know, I and I don't want to say, you know, there's a part you have to play when someone is unavailable. Uh, but there's a part you have to play. There's a lack of expectation you must you must uh, have for the situation that you may be in with someone who is unavailable, un <laughs> who's not yours, okay? And uh, I was <laughs> reading so many different, like, I was just coming across so many different memes like that. And I was just laughing my ass off, like, okay, got it. There, <laughs> there was another tweet of... I wonder how the mistresses or the side chicks feel right now. <laughs> One thing about me, I don't care how much it resonates with me. I don't care how much it hits. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'll probably cry later. But no, I didn't cry. But I'm going to laugh as fuck. And I think about Valentine's Day. I'm just like, well, <laughs> this is funny. This is, yeah, it's kinda, it kind of stings. But it's funny, though. It's a joke. It's funny. Shit. My dating life is a joke. But it's funny. It's funny. So that was my epic weekend. Um, I want to get into some life updates you know i shared with you guys my reason and my pursuit of um well my reason in moving into um my family's home well my uncle's house um and not and not deciding to renew my lease my apartment lease and i did so just to give you guys a quick recap i did so because i wanted to buy my first house and that has always been one of the goals i have for myself and it will happen but um obviously the way i'm talking right now it's sounding like i'll get to it anyway but um so yeah that is um what i am like the space that i'm in now the reason why i i move to this house to his house and to just save up and just really get a hold of my financial responsibilities so that my credit score could be where it needs to be and it's been doing that i've been doing that i've been really 
uh what is the word just really upfront and really handling really adulting i've been really handling my shit and what i can say these past six months because it's been six months of me staying here i've grown so much in my comfort and my confidence it's really my confidence and my confidence when it comes to the word money you know you say money around me years ago even six months ago i was just on pins and needles i was always thinking and feeling and operating and moving in a scarcity mindset and i was always feeling like oh, I can't do it. I can't do that. Um, I, I ain't got it. I'm broke. I, I'm this, I'm that. And all of this was just in my head for so, so long since I was young. And I say that because growing up, I witnessed that as well in my household. I always heard my parent, my my dad in particular saying, negative things when it comes to money um you know just speaking negative when it comes to money and so that bled into me into my mindset and it really bleeds into how you move in life right when you have such a negative mindset on one area but this area really impacts everything else you know money does make the world go round and when you're so scarce mindset <laughs> on money it really just overwhelms you it makes you anxious you know I remember living in my apartment and I lived there for two years I did it all my all by myself I supported myself and I was proud of myself but I was still in this space of imposter syndrome I was still feeling like I can't do it what am I doing here why did I move here this was a this was a crazy idea you know I should have just stayed home or what was I thinking I was just talking so down on myself and you know, thankfully I had a great, com I do have and still have, I'm so thankful for my community at work and the friends that I cultivated here in Houston, Texas, but there is still something about the power in oneself and when you diminish your own power, you're still not allowing yourself to grow outside of this negative mindset. So I remember being in my, in my apartment and feeling like, this isn't mine like this well it's technically well you know it's a rental property it's not really yours right but like it's i was still not feeling comfortable to really reside in it i was not comfortable to really stay in it i would be afraid to even decorate it because i felt like it was going to be snatched away from me and i was always panicking before i pay, I, remember I would always panic before i pay my rent <laughs> and i will always pay it in full i will always pay it on time but I always felt like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. And then I'm like, oh, I did it. <sighs> Every time I would feel this, like this, oh my gosh, it's so fucking crazy. Think about it now because I've grown so much. I've been able to move forward from thinking the way I've thought about money and feeling comfortable with, okay, this is what I have to do. Okay, this is what I could do. Okay, this is what I'm doing. Okay, wow, look at the result, look at that. And I'm saying all that to say, I've created goals for myself, financial goals for myself. I've created a plan to um, decrease my debt. I've really put money towards where it needs to go. 
And a big help in that, in that shift, in that positive shift in my mindset, in that positive shift in my spending habits or just, just overall being when it comes to money is me moving into my uncle's house because I was able to really save as much as I could and really put money towards several different avenues to get my debt where it needs to be in order for my credit to be where it needs to be. So say all that to say, I don't regret moving into his house. Now, <laughs> I'm so full of shit. <laughs> I know, I know, right? And I'm, so, I'm gonna also point out, I remember, um, I remember writing down in my notes because I would, prior to me moving or prior, prior to me deciding to not renew my apartment late, lease I said okay I need to write down like my intentions I need to write down um how beneficial it would be for me to not renew this lease and stay at someone else's house until you know until I'm ready to head out um and not even on some until I'm ready I I had a plan I didn't want to stay longer than six months and I'll, I'll get to that Excuse me. So where is it? Okay, I'm looking for it on my notes. Da, 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 da. Okay, but anyway, I don't know why I can't find it right now. But anyway, I was looking for ways to to move past the way I was thinking about it and the anxiety I felt about just not living on my own anymore. And I was feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, if if I move, then I'm going to lose so many things. Oh, there we go. I found it. If I move, I'm going, and I wrote this down September 8th, 2020. Okay. Cause when I journal, whether it's online and by online, I mean like on my phone, on the notes app or on my actual physical journal, I, um, always mark down the date just so I could see the progression or even regression of my my thoughts and just my overall mindset. So on September 8th, 2020, I said, this is what I will gain from moving out of my apartment into my uncle's house. And I wrote down financial freedom, a significant increase in my savings, savings to put towards my house, peace of mind, freedom to even indulge responsibly though. I wrote responsibly paying off credit card debts and just being on top of any other financial responsibilities that I have. So I wrote all these things down to make me see that this is this is something that I'm doing with purpose. This is something I'm doing with intention, you know? And this is the the time that I'm giving myself. I said six months, but I also do remember saying no more than a year, but I'm cutting it down to six months and you'll, um, you'll understand why. So six months is, is here, right? February is the sixth month and this week, so when you are listening to this episode, this is the last week of February and I am getting the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out because uh, for a number of reasons, right? Um, again, let me just go back a little bit so you guys can understand the context. So I wrote all this down. I, 
you know, am like I moved here with intention, with purpose, all these things, right? Because sometimes we sometimes we can move and we not move with purpose, right? Sometimes we could do an act, we could move on something, make a decision, and not think about it. And you know that is something that um, youth does. You know the youth does uh, quite often, right? Juveniles, teenagers, you know that's a thing. Even adults, you know, as adults, sometimes we can make mistakes or make just decisions that we probably didn't think it through or think it at all okay but this time I thought it through you know and there are people who would live in other people's homes and not have a plan they're gonna say I just need a crash here but what's your plan you know what are you putting into motion what is your purpose behind moving into into someone else's house so anyway I said you know my goal is to save you know pay down debt get more comfortable, be confident in my in my finances, be confident in my own responsibilities and really um, be preparing myself for this next responsibility of becoming a homeowner because that was my goal. And that is my goal, but it's a little shifted now. So I'm saying it's shifted now because I said, I gave myself, okay, March, no later than March. Well, I said March being the deadline of me moving into my house, into finding a house, into getting pre-approved and approved for my mortgage loan, into um, just having everything settled, everything squared away. And I was working with a realtor who I trust um, because I, I um, have a relationship with her, a working relationship. Well, um, she used to, we, we used to be colleagues and she is a realtor now and it just came at the right time and she introduced me to um, mortgage lenders and credit repair folks if I wanted to utilize that as a resource and she really opened me up to recognizing okay there's a plan I did not know I mean I heard about down payment assistant but I didn't know about it I wasn't even thinking about it because I just forgot about it and then she brought that up as well she just introduced me to so much and that made me feel more at ease that made me feel comfortable and there is something about planning right there's something about educating yourself about something you are no longer afraid of it you are no longer um in anxiety mode anymore because you now have a plan you now understand you now are educated so anyway so she introduced me to so many things and spoke with the mortgage lender who I've been speaking to for a few weeks now and we counted, like, we, we went through the numbers. We went through the numbers. And though my credit score is higher, it's better. It's better than it was, child, okay? I'm not even gonna say exactly where it was. <laughs> but let's just say, if you know how the, how the wheel looks like, let's just say it was all the way to the motherfucking left, okay? To the left, to the left, Beyonce, okay? That's the way the fuck it was. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> and then I didn't, and what's amazing about, you know, people who actually care about the work that they do, they are willing and able and ready and available to give you all the tips, all the tricks, all the advice, all the support and assistance you need to get to where you want to be because they care about their work. They understand the importance. They understand the passion behind it. And so she was showing me, um, she was telling me about the whole, you know, 30% or less is where your credit card balances, uh, credit credit card balances should be. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So mind you, I'm saving all this time since I started to live at my uncle's house, <clears throat> and 
I had money stored up, but I wasn't putting more into my credit card debt because I just was just going by little by little, still with that, still within that scarcity mindset. And I realized, okay, I saved enough. I could just flush out a little bit more towards this credit card, that credit card. And anyway, all this to say, my credit card is much, much lower. Everything is either at the 30% mark or a little bit over, and it's going to be at the 30% mark or lower very soon. So I'm proud of myself. I'm proud for the leaps and jumps and the just the, the long mile walks that I've taken to get to where I am. But I'm not where I need to be to get where or to get what I want. And what I want is a house of my desires, of my needs. I don't want to I don't want to just move into a house just to move into a house, right? I don't want to just okay, I went through this whole process and I hate my house, but I'm a house, I'm a homeowner. Yay! Like I don't want to do that. So, in order to get where I in order to get what I want and what I need in my house, I need to continue to work towards lowering my debt to income ratio so that once I do get my house or once I'm in the process to actually go really go forward and through this process, I can, um, you know, really get what I want. I don't really have to cut back in different areas. I could have more options. There's more options available, basically. There'll be more options available. And if I was so gung-ho about just getting a house and doing it by my personal deadline of, you know, no later than March, then I would have been unsatisfied. I would have just been content. And I don't like being content. You know, I know that's the thing that you should be sometimes. Like, oh, just be content with where you are in life. I want to be happy, right? I want to be more than satisfied. I want to be pleased with this decision. I want to be excited. I want. I don't want to just say, well, okay, I did it. I'm content. It's cool. Like, <laughs> what? I bought a house and it's it's cool. And, um, you know, some of you guys may be thinking, well, you know, Texas, a lot of the homes here are generally affordable, right? There are plenty of houses available that's within the 200,000 mark or even lower or even just in the 220, 250. And okay, cool. That's fine. But I don't want to live in the desert, like, that's where those homes are. I don't want to live in suburbia, okay? I don't want to see families outside of my door walking their white dog. There is a family literally right across my uncle's house who walks their white dog, this beast of a dog, and I don't want to see that. I don't. I don't want to see, I don't want to see an Indian mowing his lawn. Nope. I don't want to see niggas outside, educated niggas, okay? <laughs> You know, I want to see. I want to see people around my age. I don't want to see a family walking down the the sidewalk, getting ready to drop their kid off into the school bus that conveniently parks at the corner of the block. No, I want to see gunshots. Okay, okay. I don't want to see gunshots, but you know what I mean. I see. I don't want to see kids walking outside by themselves at whatever time and not fear for their safety and parents not fear for their children's safety. I don't want to see white kids walking outside and these white, like they're eight, nine. I fucking, I saw a toddler, a toddler 
just get up and walk to the corner to grab the mail because there's this mail, this like mailing station that is where everyone picks up the mail in the neighborhood. It doesn't go straight to your door. You go to this little, little, uh, little thing <laughs> and then you get your mail. I don't want to see a seven-year-old just walk outside and get the mail. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. And this is where these 200000 $125,000 homes are. This is what you would see if you would get a home in um in the area. You'll see you'll see yourself in these examples that I just gave, okay? Um and I don't want to not have cell phone service because I'm not near a tower. I don't want to I don't want to see uh, a shuttle bus. Okay? I see a shuttle bus come here every other day. And it's like a fruit, it's a fruit, pebbles, mix, shuttle bus that just delivers free fruits. If you want a banana, just step outside every Tuesday and you'll see a banana come out of this shut, of this orange colored shuttle bus. I don't want to see that. You know what I want to see? I want to see trains. I want to see a bus. I want to see a Whole Foods right next door. Not even a Whole Foods. I, I, don't, I don't really like Whole Foods like that because I don't know what type of brand this is. Why don't y'all have Quaker Oats? <laughs> okay? I don't want to see, you know, or I do, you know, I want to see a train station. I want to see a bus. I want to see Shipley's Donuts right there. Why isn't Shipley's Donuts right across the street from me? Oh, I got to go around the block. I got to get in my car, drive three, four, five, ten minutes to find a Shipley's Donut? And for those who don't know what Shipley's Donuts is, it is the Dunkin' Donuts of Texas, okay? I don't want to see, I don't want to see, you know, I, I just don't want to see families anymore. Does, can I just say that? I don't want to see kids. I want to see niggas. That's what I want to see. So in order to see that, because my goal was to, my goal is to buy a home in the downtown area. That I want to be in the city. I want to see lights. I want to see a crackhead around the corner. I want to walk to my nice, luxurious condo and kind of be afraid for my life. Okay? I want to walk into in the front, you know, um, the front of my door and hurry up and find my keys because there's this, there's this black guy coming up right behind me. I don't know if he's a resident here. And if I got to pull a Karen and ask him, do you live here, sir? What floor do you live on? Just to confirm, I, I want to have that little fear. When I walk around this neighborhood, I could walk around with cash just all on me, butt naked, butt naked, cash all up on me, and I'll have this white neighbor saying, hey, how you doing? Huh? How you doing? Arrest me. All of this to say, I want to live in the downtown area. And the downtown area is not too often you'll see a home available that's in good condition because I do want a, a turn and key type of home. But a lot of times in the downtown area, homes are not going for that rate. Okay. And they'll be in the 300s. And that is really the goal 
that I would like to see for myself, see in fruition for my house. Because I really like the area. I'm not budging on that. And I really like to just be, excuse me, I I really like to just be in the city, okay? Maybe it's the Boston in me that's coming out who just likes to see people around. And even though sometimes I could be an introvert, I still like to see people around. Here is just, oh, y'all are quiet. Whew. Like, I feel like this pot, me recording right now might be against the law. The way I'm talking, how loud I am, what I talk about, nigga, 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 that, me saying all of that, I might get arrested right now. That's, okay, so I say all this to say, <laughs> I love saying that, I say all this to say, I'm not budging on the on the things that I want in my house, and in order for me to get exactly what I want, or at least a good 90% of it, I would need to continue to work towards decreasing my debt-to-income ratio, and I'm definitely on the verge of that, so I've decided to delay my home buying and to continue with my um, my plan to just decrease my debt to inc- income ratio. And by doing so, I'm just continuing the plan, continuing with my goals, continuing being intentional and being forthright and just being just on top of things. And it feels good. I'm really proud of myself for doing what I'm doing. And um, though I gave myself a deadline to move out due to, and to move out and move into a house, I'm still going to move out, but I'm not going to move into a house, okay? Because I do not want to continue staying where I am, though I'm grateful that he even opens, opened his door to allow me to stay here for the six months that I've been here. I'm working on getting the fuck out and getting into the Houston downtown area because that is where I want to be. So that's in the works and you'll get an update next episode. But that is in the works and I'm just preparing for the next step. But I'm just so grateful, you know. And I also just want to say, you know, I think let's just start from the very, very beginning. You know, when I started this podcast, I started it because I wanted to be transparent I wanted everyone to feel comfortable being transparent, being themselves, being available to be real, right? And it's so easy sometimes to put on a facade, to act like everything's going well, to act like, you know, everything is going just according to plan. And I'm here to hopefully influence somebody to recognize not everything goes to plan and that's okay. And there's nothing to feel ashamed or embarrassed about. It's okay. Uh, You know, sometimes there's this mindset that we're forced to adopt of just don't tell anybody, just keep your business to yourself, only share when you finish something. When sometimes, I, you know, I understand that, I, I kind of get that, but I also don't like to not talk about what the fuck I'm going through, right? I don't like to just keep it all to myself, so all to myself, or just keep it in the house. The house is fucking toxic, right? Like, I'm saying that metaphorically, but you know, when you're in a family and they say, what happens in this house stays in this house, I'm getting raped. 
Huh? It's staying in the house? I'm being molested every night. It's staying in the house, though? This is a joke, guys. But this is all to say staying in the house. <laughs> I'm so fucking crazy. But you know what I mean? Like, and look, maybe it's not a joke, but I'm saying that to be, you know, hyperbolic. I, it's not okay to keep things in anytime. I say tell everything. I say keep it a buck buck. I say keep it all the way real. Because otherwise, who's hurting? You are. Otherwise, you're not. You know how good it feels to let this out? Huh? You know how good it feels to just say any, not any old thing, but like, you know what I mean? Like, good to just talk. Have a friend to talk to or just talk to yourself about whatever it is. But when you're so committed into putting on this facade and creating this, um, just this, ugh, this fake ass shit I can't do. Okay. And so when I was thinking about sharing this on the podcast, I knew I was going, going to do it anyway, but I still felt this, like this tinge of, oh my gosh, you know, I talked about this goal and now this goal is not happening in the time that I said I wanted it to happen. And I'm a failure. And all those thoughts came to mind. And I remember talking to my, to the mortgage lender that I've been talking to. And I was realizing I was taking notes from what she was saying. And she was giving me the options that I have available if I were to go through the process now. And I was just not happy with it. And I want to be happy, like, like I said, with my choice. And I was not happy with what she was telling me and what my options were. And she said, look, if you, well, she didn't say it outright, but I pieced it, I gathered it together. Cause technically I don't think a mortgage lender or anyone like a realtor, they necessarily don't or shouldn't tell you what you should do. They just tell you what it is, right? What's available to you according to the numbers. And so she didn't tell me what I should do, but from what she was saying, from the notes that I took, from what I gathered, it just made more sense to not do it right now. And though it make more sense, right? Though it's a logical choice, though, 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 or thorough, right? Um, I still felt a sense of failure. I still felt like an embarrassment. Oh, wow, I I, I decided to not renew my, my apartment lease and I decided to move into my uncle's house. Just leave. Well, I'm, I'm gonna interrupt what I'm saying right now because I'm looking at kids driving their scooters and this boy is probably six and the girl is probably nine. See how they have no fear in the world? Nobody, There's no white van ready to kidnap them. It's just... I don't want to see this, okay? Anyway, I felt a sense of failure. I felt like I felt like I disappointed myself. I felt bad and I felt those emotions. And you know, one thing about me, I'm gonna feel my emotions. I'm going to allow myself to feel. Because as I've said, and I will continue to to um to to pester this down, feel your shit and be honest with yourself so that you can recognize what it is make an action plan and move forward. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck. And I don't like feeling stuck. I don't like being stagnant. So uh, what happened? So I felt those feelings. I cried it out. And mind you, it happened for like a good, it wasn't even long. It was a good maybe 10, 15 minutes max. I needed to just feel it and move on. 
and then realize, okay, this was the best decision for me. I'm fine. Like, it's, it's okay. Uh, but it did come through my mind, like, damn, should I even talk about it anymore? Should I just act like I never brought it up on the podcast? But I wouldn't be transparent, right? So I, I hold myself accountable and y'all can hold me accountable, of course, in the comments, respectfully, of course. But, you know, this is a platform that I created to, I don't want to say safe space, it's a safe space. I say nigga nigga all the time. I don't think it's a safe space, you know? But it's a safe space to be transparent. It's a safe space to be honest. And I have to continue to be that example because it only, you know, it benefits me, but I recognize that it does benefit other people as well. So hopefully me sharing what I share and within the home buying process, there is a normalcy of going through an emotional roller coaster. You know, you wanted a house, but the house didn't want you. You know, the seller didn't accept you. They accepted somebody else's offer. And, you know, it is a normal thing. And though that wasn't directly my experience, my experience was just realizing it's just not the right time for me yet, but it will be. And that's okay. So I, you know, I, Though I've felt the feelings of failure and disappointment and all that, I talk myself out of it. You know, there's a song, a gospel song that I don't know if it's called Encourage, but it goes like, sometimes you have to encourage yourself. So that is an amazing word because when we rely on other people to encourage ourselves, our own self, we then put the responsibility on someone else to make us feel happy. Like, you know, and I can't do that. We can't do that. We have to realize, okay, look, this is, this is your feelings. I get it. But here's what we could do. Here's the, here's the encouragement. You are doing the work. You are pulling yourself together. You are growing. You are more confident now um, in all parts of your life and especially in the context of money. You are, you are, you're doing, you're doing. So you have, I have, and this is me talking to myself obviously, but I have accomplished many goals. Just that little goal of buying the house <laughs> didn't happen yet, but I have so much to be proud of. And I love the mindset that I have, right? I love the way that I encourage myself. One thing about me, I'm gonna uplift myself, okay? I will uplift the fuck out of myself, okay? I will lift myself up, deadlift, all that. I lift myself up. And in the same breath, it is nice to have a support system, right? And I'm going to say family in particular. I'm going to say a relative, a sibling in particular, who can also be a source of support. And when I say support, I'm not obviously talking about financial, anything. No, I'm talking about emotional. That is the best type of support you can give me. Sure, give me money. Great, that's great. <laughs> but that's not what I'm asking for. I ask for, or I expect, or I would like, or I request emotional support. And when you have a sibling who can't give you that, it really hurts. It re just at the core of it, it hurts, right? Um, and though I support myself emotionally and all the other lees, right? 
I still find it painful when I expect for a sibling to provide me with encouragement, to provide me with uplifting words and a positive energy and a positive mindset. And they fail me every time, every fucking time. And what I'm going to say to that is, you know, sometimes we, well, for me, let's just be specific. I grew up in, in a family that didn't really allow for mistakes to be had, right? You, there was this expectation to always be perfect, to always be on, to always be doing what you should be doing. And there was no room for mistakes. And so if there's no room for mistakes, there's no room for compassion. There's, if there's no room for, for compassion, there's no room for vulnerability. There's no room for openness to share um, what you're experiencing in the time that you're experiencing it, right? Instead, you naturally hold it in. You naturally put it aside. You put it under the rug. And now there is this judgment. If you ever decide to share a shortcoming, if you ever decide to share a shift in your plans, because, well, you say you were going to do this and you didn't do this. Well, you should have did that. And it becomes this moment of judgment instead of encouragement. It becomes this moment of, of cold heartedness instead of warmth. It, it becomes uncomfortable. And I think about the way I was, you know, the way I was raised, I wanted to please everyone. I wanted to make you happy. I wanted to live my life according to your standards for my life. Like how crazy is that? Huh? I'm living my life the way you want me to live it, but not the way I would like for my own self. And there's this expectation, you know, when you grow up in a Caribbean household, you know, I'm Haitian. And for many Caribbeans, not just Haitians, there's this expectations to live the life that your parents did not have the opportunity to live. And so through their sacrifice, you know, through them immigrating into the U.S. and giving you a life that they were not afforded, there is this pressure and this expectation and this really, really a mandate to live their life, (laughs) live their dreams, live their goals for themselves when, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want this anymore. I want to move out of, you know, I, I want to move the fuck out. You know, I, I want to live the life I want. And, um, you know, I think about people pleasing and how it's very, it's very, very toxic. So I remember having a conversation with a sibling and feeling very discouraged yet again. And I think to myself, why do I call this person and hope for a different result? in our conversation and hope for an opportunity of compassion and vulnerability to be had on the opposite end and be disappointed every single time. Like, why do I still expect for this to change or for this to be something else? Here here comes another set of kids. I'm seeing another set of kids right now. God the safety <laughs> this is why I need to move this is another sign but no so uh what was I gonna say so yeah like there is this um people pleasing that I yeah so I still I I used to I'm, I'm gonna work I'm currently working on 
moving out of this people pleasing or people, yeah, people pleasing, um, people approval expectation or mindsets in particular that I have, especially for, um, you know, for my, from my family is just, I cannot wait for, or expect or hope and beg for their validation, for their approval, for their encouragement. Instead, I just have to create boundaries and not allow for this to be another opportunity to shit on me. So I felt this, you know, already when I was feeling this this sense of failure, this sense of disappointment within my own self, it was not at all helpful talking to this person and feeling that more. Like, you're not helping me. What the fuck? So I decided, you know, I said, I defended my, you know, we had the conversation, whatever. And didn't really go well. Um, ended the conversation, ended that phone call and was just so upset. I was so upset and I was so just upset with myself more so because yet again, she did not show me any type of support emotionally. And um, I would think to myself, like, you know, why do I keep, you know, I knew this was, or like, I knew, like, I'm not even surprised that this happened yet again. Why am I still hoping for something different? And typically when I would get into arguments that's like heavy or just when I would get into very stressful moments, I would reach out to people who I know I don't want to ever talk to you again. Like, I don't ever want to talk to this person again. I don't ever want to reach out to this person again. <laughs> Yet I reach out to this person because this person is typically someone who provides me with a sense of relief, a sense of comfort, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I was what <laughs> I was contemplating right after that conversation. I was contemplating on um, reaching out to Church Bay. Child, I didn't. I'm going to say that just right off the top because no. But I was contemplating on reaching out to Church Bay because I remember uh, a few months ago, I had yet another heated moment with this person, with this sibling, and I reached out to Church Bay, and he provided me with so much comfort, so much relief, so much uh, therapy in that moment, and I said to myself, okay, well, uh, I just want this fix, I just want this therapy, I just want his words, I want his his uh, perspective, I want his comfort, just through text, because he provides it so well. And I think to myself, I don't ever want to talk to this nigga. Like, I don't, like, it ended for a reason. Y'all know Church Bay. Let me give a real quick recap. This is a young ass nigga who I should have gone to jail. <laughs> he's not that young, but basically he's a baby, okay? Compared mentally, emotionally compared to me. And he is four years my junior. That's, that's it. But he is very just young-minded, and just dumb sometimes. Just young and dumb. Just young and dumb. Yet he is um, wise in certain areas. Like he's able to provide some great wisdom sometimes. Um, but yeah, prior to us ending things uh, months ago, I would reach out to him, even during that time when I reached out to him before, we weren't really talking, but yet, I reached out to him, and he was always available, like, he was just, he's the type of dude, like, if 
I and it's horrible to say this because it's actually not okay and I'm not a user anymore at least emotionally anymore but he um he if I wanted him to suck all all 12 and I'm gonna say 12 on purpose I don't have 12 toes but if I had two more extra toes on my feet and if I and I wanted him to suck all 12 12 of them he would with chocolate and strawberry and vanilla like he would gladly do so and um I don't want to do that anymore right I don't want to be a toxic person towards him in that sense and you know we all have our own toxicity and uh I don't want to be that way when it comes to what period and I don't want to do that to him again so I decided not to hit him up, but it did cross my mind. Like, damn, I could just hit up Church Bay and he could give me that relief. He could give me that comfort right now because he's very, he has a way with his work. Like, it's just great. But no, I, no. So, yeah, I decided not to. And, you know, for a number of reasons, like, I'm just not that into him anymore. It, that ended rightfully so, um, especially, you know, me deciding that we're just not on the same page to say the least, so, and then he had the nerve, y'all know Church Bay. go back to previous episode, I don't know which number it was, but a few months ago, when I talked about him, and him talking about, God, he ghosted me for like, two days, and then, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, like, be a man about it, and tell me what's going on, and he wanted to say, oh, well, he wanted to talk with God, and, and see if Maxine is the woman I should pursue, like, Nigga, go to hell. <laughs> Take the first class flight to hell. Take Ted Cruz with you. What the hell? You wanted to see if God did that, that, that. Really? Was God talking to you prior? Um, The whole eight months, almost a year that we were talking? Was God not talking to you then? Okay. But when things get a little bit more serious and when your feelings starting to grow a little bit more, that's when you want to bring God into it. God has nothing to do with this. <laughs> nothing. The fuck? But, uh, and then, so, so yeah, so he said all of that, right? And then, you know, I'm letting, I'm letting him have it. Like, nigga, what the fuck you? Like, what the, you know, just, I didn't say fuck you, but I did say, I did let him have it. Like, you know, why? why why are you acting so immature basically like this is not how you go about it if you want to go somebody that's not okay right um but overall I forgot exactly what I said but I let him have it and um I told him basically you know I'm not some I'm not an option <laughs> but you know I'm not someone who you could just decide you know okay yeah I do want to pursue Maxine like I just made it clear, like, I'm not someone who is, is that. And if you don't know, then you don't need me and you don't deserve me. And so that's what I made it clear to him. And I said that, and then he wants to then a day or two later, then say, Maxine, you know, I thought about it and I don't want to lose you. And I do want to pursue you. And I am committed to doing that. And I just said, you know what, nigga, fuck you. Like that that's the tweets. Like, the, <laughs> what? So, um, it ended, it ended in that, in that format, in that manner. And I did not want to just suddenly hit him up on some, hey, I need some advice. 
<laughs> like, girl, even though you ghosted me, nigga, but still, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I decided not to. And then yeah, here's another thing. And he did actually hit me up, not, you know, a few, a few times lately my, to tell me happy birthday on my birthday. He's like, happy birthday, Maxine. And I said, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. And then he wants to continue the conversation. Oh, so how you been? No. No. That's how I been. No. I didn't respond to that. Like, we're not doing this. Don't take this as an opportunity to have a conversation. Happy birthday. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay? And then he hit me up, hit me up again after learning about what's going on in Texas and with the power outage and the snowstorm. He's like, yo, just heard there's a lot going on first of all you don't talk like that why are you saying yo are you a thug is it thug life tatted on your chest what's going on so he says that and um he's like yo i heard there's a lot going on in houston um <laughs> you are you good you good like <laughs> like are you selling rocks <laughs> what is the matter um and uh he, <laughs> I just looked at that it took me like four hours to respond I did receive the text I did have power at that point and I'm just thinking to myself should I even respond to this nigga like leave me the fuck alone I'm fine and even if I wasn't good what would you what are you going to do huh you're 26 leave me alone like it's I should have knew then but I was anyway you're 26 you're not gonna do anything for me I don't care well, that doesn't matter, Maxine. It's a thought that counts. No, it doesn't. Not in this case. The thought does not give a damn. Okay? So, I, um, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> took a while to respond. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Period. And he said, glad. And he put period. Like, this is the childish shit I'm talking about. Why are you putting period? And now you use the word glad? Glad? Huh? Are you washing clothes? Isn't that a detergent? Glad, right? <laughs> anyway, how did we get here? Okay, so that was a life update. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay. So people pleasing. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I, I contemplated on whether to, to text Church Bay, and I decided not to. Thank God I made the right choice. And I, th and I thought to myself, you know what? I should go back into therapy. And when I say go back into therapy, I, I can't even fully say that because the last time I was in therapy, I only had one therapy session. That was one time, right? And previous to her, I had only had one other therapy session with someone totally different when I was back home in Boston. And previous to that, I only had one therapy, therapy session with someone when I was in undergrad. So I've only had therapy three times throughout my therapy career. Okay, so I never really had a full, long, committed, monogamous therapy relationship. And this time I decided, you know, I should go back. Well, I should really go into it and really go, go into it, really full on, head in and really commit to it. And thankfully, you know, with my job, I do have that has a resource available to me and I was able to find one and we got along well over the phone in our brief consultation and plan to, excuse me, I don't want to keep on burping and plan to, uh, my first therapy session is it's on Thursday. 
Thursday coming up. So by the time you hear this there, uh, this uh, episode, you'll, well, it'll be a few days prior to my first therapy session with this person. And so I'm excited. And the reason why I decided to go into therapy again is I don't want to get in the habit anymore of looking for counsel from people who I've already closed the door on, right? Me even thinking and just even just thinking about talking to Church Bay again and opening that door, even though it's shut, even the door is no longer there because it's been a fire, the house is burned down. I still thought of him as an option and you may think, oh, well, you'll be friends with your ex. You'll be friends with people who you used to date. No, I don't ever want to talk to you ever in life. That's it. It's done. The relationship is over, especially in the way that it ended. Like, I mean, he didn't cheat on me, like nothing like that. But I just feel like sometimes doors need to be closed. I do get there are people in your life who could still be in your life even after a romantic pursuit with that person ended. I get that. But this nigga, no. Okay? But um, I was thinking about like, you know, I don't want to get in the habit of going back to somebody who I, who I closed the door on, right? God forbid I was going to think about Boston Bay, but thank God Boston Bay is not someone who gives wise counsel. He's a nigga nigga. Like, no. So, and then I could have actually not just thought about hitting up church bay but i could have actually hit him up and then open that door and then regret it and then go back and forth with him and it just be a thing i don't want to do that so when i think about the people who are already in my life i think about you know the friends i have and you know some family members who i could maybe talk to i just also don't feel like and even freckles bay he's a great person to talk to like very easygoing very just wise and understanding and compassionate all these great attributes um that he carry I still just don't want to dump my shit on people right I I don't want to just and there are times for that you know there are times to increase the vulnerability with said person and share whatever it is that's on your mind that's on your heart I just also want to reserve that for someone who is a professional who is really devoted into healing or you know just bringing me to a place of progression when it comes to my mental and emotional and just overall life state and so I thought about you know therapy is a great way to really have it all be about me right like there is no selfishness in there is I mean it's selfish right you're doing therapy for yourself but it's in benefit of yourself and your relationship with other people which in turn benefits other people so it's not selfish but it's it's good because the therapist is focused on you right when you're talking to a friend or maybe a nigga who used to fuck and you're dumping all your shit on them you don't really want sometimes there is an opportunity for the person in return to now share what they're going through because you just want to talk about your shit right now. You, you're just so fo- fixated on your shit. And the person on the other end may have a lot going on in their life. We all do naturally. But you're just so upset about what you're going through that you just don't want to hear what the fuck you, the other person got going on. 
right? And then that could lead into a fracture of that relationship, of that friendship. And I don't want um, that to be a habit in my friendships. With my friendships here, we are two-sided. You know, we give and take. There is community. There is there. And I don't want to just be that one to dump all my shit. So anyway, I finally went back into pursuing a therapist, have one officially settled, and first session is coming up. So by the time, so when I record my next episode, I would have already had my first therapy session. So I'm excited about that. Child, I said a lot, and there is actually more I want to talk about, but we are running into time. So I'm going to go ahead and end it here. And I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. Be sure to share this with a friend, with a foe, with that nigga who used the thug. Um, and just make sure you are subscribed and check me out some more. You know, this previous episode you want to listen to, there's so many to choose from since we are on 110 there's 109 episodes to go through. So go back, listen, understand where I am right now. And um, I appreciate your support. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.